Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, protests rock Lebanon and Belarus. And I'll tell you what I think is really going on in both places. I always find foreign policy is a little bit of a tricky thing to get people to really engage in. But I feel like with the Lebanon thing, it's important. And with the Belarus thing, I think it has something to do with us. So let me just I'll try to make it as as uh, quick as possible. Just hit the highlights. With Lebanon, they had this big explosion in the port. They immediately wondered if it was an attack or terrorism or whatever. My conclusion after reading some of the facts, some of the backstory about Lebanon was that this was basically the equivalent of arson, burning down your own business when it's not doing well. They were having debt problems, etc. But not like the people doing it, the powers that be doing it. And I was kind of high, uh, triggered by this because the IMF, they were they were defaulting on a loan. Then my suspicions were supported when the UK, Israel, and France all kind of said the kind of themes that are coming out of there from the media and the politicians is this is a great time for a reset, a political and economic reset. And that's just a Rahm Emanuel thing where never let a good crisis go to waste. But for me, the Rahm Emanuel 2.0 or the Edward Bernays thing is if you don't have the crisis you need, create it. That's kind of the category I think this is in. Now, to exacerbate this, the grain storage silo was in that area, was destroyed. So now they're down to like a month's supply of food. They have protests in the street already. They already were. Now they're going to have food shortages. Beirut is the, the port. The entire area? The biggest grain storage facility in Lebanon was destroyed. So there, like everyone has food distribution networks. This is an essential part of that. It's at the par- port. It's where grain comes in. So not only did they destroy the grain, the port is destroyed or greatly damaged. So so it makes getting outside grain harder. So they can get it through Syria and Israel are there, I believe, are there kind of land borders. So so this is going to create additional problems. And then furthermore, the entire cabinet and the premier resigned, resigned in the face of these protests, which are being painted by us as being by our media as being incompetence. But there's also an, a subtext of corruption Now, the corruption may well be that these people think that was an inside job. I don't know. So I don't think that the protests are being portrayed to us exactly perfectly. My only point is those guys step down, which also will make this problem worse. There's nobody running the show. They'll put in an interim government. It's very factional over there. They have a lot of different interests and religions that that's always been a big problem in Lebanon. So I just feel like they are absolutely... Whoever is going to benefit from this reset, and I would say the people who are calling for it, the foreign powers that are calling for it are the ones who are going to benefit from it. And that uh, it seems to me everything is making it is trying to make it worse before it gets better. And I just I think that's a pattern worth observing. I think it's pretty typical of how the power works around (laughs) around the world these days. I think around the world. Absolutely. Power seekers and power holders are taking as much advantage of this crisis as they possibly can. They want to get everything from it, and they're going to continue to exploit it. Which brings me to the hydroxychloroquine stories 
that I've been hearing. Did you have something that you wanted? I to... did want to mention about the Belarus thing. Oh yes, the go ahead. Then I'll get to that. Because yeah. you, you just reminded me of something that. that yeah, good. Here well, the, we can switch. But the Belarus thing, I just wanted to say that people are hearing about all these protests in Belarus. They just had a big election, and the incumbent Lukashenko supposedly won by eighty percent. Now, for me, I don't know what funny business is. The opposition, she, the number one opposition, only got ten percent. She has fled the country now. There are protests everywhere. The question is, was it really a rigged election to where it looks like 80% of the vote was given to this guy in a landslide? You know, it could be a case of the big lie. The bigger the lie, the more likely people are to believe it. Or it could be that she's smoking Kool-Aid and it's he completely won and has public support. So I dug in a little bit and the surface story tells me that that this is a that we were trying to get rid of this incumbent. Putin likes him. It's an important ally to Russia. This woman, what tipped me off is that she was so good looking. I was like, I don't know. Like, she looks like someone we would put up there, like the real face job puppet type. Then I dug in and her husband was arrested for being a YouTube, for inciting agitation or whatever on YouTube. He's a YouTuber, first of all. And then the the kind of counter narrative to this 80% landslide is that she, uh, an an a private online poll said 80% really prefer her. So her husband's a YouTuber and a private poll online said that she would win. I can't, I'm not taking that to the bank, but I will say I thought for, there's a lot of things going on there, but one thing I feel like it's worth kind of paying attention to, or I think it may be a, a practice run for is what I've dubbed hashtag election crisis 2020 here. I anticipate protests, even riots, about, of course, we always have a pattern of invalid elections since 2000. That's the, the theme that destroys the democratic spirit of, well, he's, he's all our president now. That hasn't happened in 20 years. It's, and it's going to hit bottom this time. And I think looking at Belarus, that's a sampling. Yeah. Like you said, they could be testing. They could be testing the way that's going to play out over there. And they've already decided here that the election is going to be invalid. Both sides have totally decided that. Totally. So, and Stacey Abrams the other day was promoting, don't expect to get a, an answer for the election anytime after. She was saying basically the same thing Trump alluded to, that it might take a long time to count, except she's being praised for it. And she's saying that he's going to try and steal the election. Have the, you yeah, they're setting this up to be a disaster. Have you noticed how much the the mail the the post office thing is coming into play? They keep saying that that the that yeah. Trump's appointee is deliberately slow walking the mail. I think that's kind of interesting because they're because I I picked up on that the post office is doing really stupid things right now, and now I didn't realize that I was being fed that in support of what's going to be a theme from the left. So I'm seeing Trump winning. I'm seeing this all saying Trump is winning. They're setting up a reason to be opposed to it. Stacey Abrams is obviously being groomed as being an agitator opposition type and not a president VP type, it seems to me at this point. I mean, not that you didn't point that out all along, but that's what I think. I have noticed the focus on the USPS, which historically I feel like is pretty unreliable. I feel like I, at least a public perception from my lifetime is that I've been afraid, people are afraid to use regular snail mail because there's no telling what's going to happen with the mail. It gets stolen. You don't know where it's going to show up. I know in Seinfeld, the joke used to be that a good mailman 
60% of the time gets the mail there. So we're making this this service that doesn't feel reliable be the central focus of the election. And they're making it real, supposedly, by slow walking people's checks, people's yeah. government checks. Yeah, I love how they say there's no evidence there's ever been any problems with the mailing system and mail voting when in 2018 they had to redo an election in North Carolina because a Republican cheated using vote harvesting, which is exploiting the mail system. They both cheat. That's the thing. People don't realize like both sides think the other side cheats, but they both cheat. So hydroxychloroquine has been in the news again. It's always in the news. Is the hydroxychloroquine usually versus remdesivir is usually how it's framed, or hydroxychloroquine versus hydroxychloroquine is going to kill you if you take it. You should never take it. Don't ever even look at it. It's horrible. You'll die if you even look at it. So I was thinking about this last night. I'm trying to figure out why are they talking about this so much. Why is this being put out there? And there are theories. I'm not a doctor and I'm not making any claims about its effectiveness. I'm just simply saying what the people who promote it, what they claim to believe. And some people say that they have used it to help them get better. They believe that it is a cheap medicine that when paired with the right other medicines and taken at the right time of somebody's illness and the right person who doesn't have factors that might make it make it sick for them that it works, that it knocks out whatever this is within a week and that you're good to go and that it's a safe drug and that almost everybody could get it and almost everybody would be okay to take it. This is what I gather from the people who are promoting it, that there won't be a large percentage of people who are ruled out because of some sort of condition and the doctor's discretion is used. So if this is true, that it is effective, that it is cheap, that most people could get it, and that it would help most people and knock a lot of this out in a week or so. You compare that to remdesivir, which is very, very expensive and will not knock this out. All it does is lower the potential stay in the hospital, but does not affect the death rate. So same, you'll still die. You just might get to leave the hospital a little bit sooner. Maybe you'll die sooner. I don't know. But that one, the main difference I, I noticed in this is that medicine, remdesivir, does not eliminate the need for all of these measures that they have put in over the course of the past six months. Whereas if hydro- hydroxychloroquine does work the way that people, and I'm not saying they say it's a cure. They say it works in certain conditions. But if it does, then that would pretty much eliminate the need for the vaccine. It would eliminate the need for social distancing. It would eliminate the need for all of these measures that we've taken over the course of the past six months because the fear is gone. If you have something that the majority of the population could take and it would take care of the problem in a week's time, this would be done. We could go back to normal to what it was before if what they claim is true, which means they would never let a medicine that was effective, even if this is not the one, they would never let it come into play because it would eliminate all of these billions of dollars of investments that they have put into changing society if they did allow it to be used. It would eliminate the need for them. I mean, all of their investments in their work to transform society wouldn't matter anymore because the threat is gone and our way of life would not have to change. I'm actually going down a rabbit hole within a rabbit hole there because as I as I'm starting to see the impact of the masks, they said from the beginning, kind of like, don't don't 
They did not encourage sunlight, which is such an important part yeah. of the immune system. And then yesterday, last week, I saw an onion recall. And yesterday, I saw that potatoes, lemons, limes, and oranges are all being targeted for recall, or they think that maybe salmonella. I don't know if anything will come of that. But telling people that you could get salmonella from citrus is a great way to keep people from getting what's classically everyone knows is is a fantastic thing for immune system is is vitamin c so i'm beginning to think that they i'm beginning to think it's so sinister they might prefer us to be sick and i and i can see also with this going back to school i think this is coming out that they're getting people to take tests they're sending them back to school to get them to take the test then they'll pull them back out of school but cnn already ran a headline this morning that said 90 there's a 90 percent increase in positives of children and of course children weren't getting the test at all there should be a million percent increase in yeah. the positives because kids weren't getting the test a 90 percent increase just means it doubled the number but the number of tests must be way 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 more than double yeah and that and it's and it said right in it it could be because of increased testing because schools are opening it's like could be i mean that completely negates any value to that information yeah yeah Absolutely. And one more thing about hydroxychloroquine. The next question I I had was, so why is it being focused on at all if it does work in the way that some people claim that it does? Why would you even, if you don't want people using it, why even call attention to it? And my best speculation is that one of the factors is because doctors were prescribing it and the word spreads And if doctors see symptoms and they prescribe something that is affordable and accessible that is going to help people, then they're going to tell other doctors. They're going to tell friends. So when you see that emerging, a way to cut it off if you don't want people using it is to make it the focal point of a debate where it is the one you try and deter people from going to. It's If it's on the side of the anti-science, but a lot of doctors, they're not Democrats. Yeah. And they're allowed to... They're allowed to prescribe stuff. I think they have a lot of leeway in how they prescribe stuff. But you're right. And I mean, people if they could are, they're doctors. trying to demonize they, it. They could say, oh, my doctor's a Trump supporter. He's recommending. Oh, yes. That is so that may be really a part of it is that it will discredit a yeah. doctor in the eyes of their aging Medicare patients. Yeah. And again, I don't know an effectiveness or not. I'm just talking about what the claims are. Right. You're talking sides. about the propaganda. Yeah. That's right. what we do. So the there's uh, it was a funny little thing, not funny at all, terrible thing. But oh, so another thing about the schools, two other things about the COVID stuff was that the the it says there was two articles, one in the Boston Globe, one in the Washington Post, saying that the schools opened back up in Boston after the 1918 flu and kids started to die. But I, that flagged something for me, right? You know, it was in, in case you don't get the Boston Globe launch, but it's the exact same article in those two papers, just in case, you know? I'm just and, imagining kids walking into a school and dropping, and dropping dead, dead instantly. Well, people did do that during the Spanish flu. You know why? 
because aspirin was a new thing and they didn't know how to dose it. So sometimes they were dosing them like what would be a whole bottle of aspirin for us now. And that's why people would die immediately. So you would die of like poison or whatever. Kids, they don't, you don't have kids, but you can't give kids aspirin. You do not give kids aspirin now, but you did back then. They didn't not give kids aspirin. And it's the kind of thing that would kill you. So I'm wondering if the schools gave kids aspirin like people didn't have in their homes. It wasn't where every home had aspirin. So if the kids started going to school, felt a little bad, and that they were given mega doses of aspirin, I could see that correlation. But of course, they never talk about causation. They just talk about this correlations as if they're causations. Yeah. Completely not. And I think you cursed my gator, which I wear and prefer. And I that now I'm afraid they're going to usher in mask protocols. But we'll we'll get back to the COVID story. Let's let a little change of topic now. When the New Yorker magazine asked Mark Zuckerberg how he gets his news, he said the one news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. For more than two years and nearly 700 episodes, the TechMeme Ride Home has been Silicon Valley's favorite tech news podcast. The TechMeme Ride Home is a daily podcast, only 15 to 20 minutes long, and every day by 5 p.m. Eastern, it's all the latest tech news. But it's more than just headlines. You could get a robot to read you headlines. The TechMeme Ride Home is all the context around the latest news of the day. It's all the top stories, the top posts and tweets and conversations about those stories, as well as behind-the-scenes analysis. The TechMeme Ride Home is like TLDR as a service. The folks at TechMeme are online all day reading everything so they can catch you up. So listen to the one podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every single day. Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the TechMeme Ride Home podcast. I've been really enjoying the Tech Meme podcast. I love it. I'm so happy that they are supporting this show. I would love for us to show them a little love and maybe not only check out their their podcast, but be sure to subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting platform. And the kind of thing that they bring is a story that I was going to cover anyway, but I will I will be checking out Tech Meme to see what those guys think about this. Amazon, Apple, and Google are lobbying against a visa freeze coming down from Trump because they say that the demand for this kind of skilled worker far exceeds the supply in this country, and it will not help us to have a labor shortage in tech, especially now, which sounds right. But as a libertarian, I just want to insert what I think the fundamental cause, because this has been going on for a long time, where they, I think they're basically subsidizing the wages by pulling people from other countries where maybe they have free college or whatever. I don't know. But the reason that our, if we have a policy of indiscriminate school loan subsidies, so you can get whatever loans you want, regardless of your major and they're subsidized. So I think it's actually not allowed that a bank should discriminate against you based on your ability to repay the loan because you're a jazz major instead of a tech major. But if they took away school loans entirely or, or took away the restrictions on making guaranteed loans with an eye to the likelihood that somebody could pay it back, you would have more people being funneled into the tech field and you would meet that labor demand with supply. So I look at this as a government created problem 
But I am interested in what Tech Meme has to say. So I'm going to have to go listen to that, the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast on that one. But there are a lot of, uh, Trump was in the news. Another thing we were talking about yesterday with Trump was that we were afraid he was going to, he had that cryptic message in the Whirlpool speech he made saying, I might disappear for a while. And right after the show, I was watching his press conference and he was escorted out because of a shooting outside the White House. And I thought, holy crap, like he's never coming back. But he did come back. And it was the Secret Service who shot somebody outside the White House. So who knows what really happened? But I I kind of thought it was like cue food that they they put him in that position so that it'd be like, see, see, there's something's happening yeah, and a lot of the story afterwards is the same old story from a few weeks ago. Was he in the bunker? Was he hiding in the? I wasn't hiding in the bunker. I was. I went out there and got him myself. It's just exactly. that battle of was Rumsfeld he manly style. enough? Why did he run off? Even though Secret he said he was in the off. the Oval Office. Now, if they were afraid of flying bullets, like the last place you would go is a place that has the windows, right? He wasn't even in a place that he had a place. He was in a place that had a lot of strangers, but not a lot of windows. But yeah, yeah he should have gone to the bunker. If they're going to take him out of the press room, they should take him to the bunker. Why not? Speaking of QAnon, the story in Chicago. I want people to remember this story, the one that happened yesterday. It's ongoing today with the looting and whatever's going on in Chicago. That story of all these protesters or whatever you want to say that they are going out and, and committing some violence on the Magnificent mile, mile in Chicago, it all was triggered by disinformation. Misinformation at best that claimed that an unarmed teenage black kid was shot by the police. Disinformation most likely because the way it was promoted on social media, there was it was put out there and there was a call to organize and to go loot on social media based on this, which was a lie. Totally. Seems like disinformation to me. You're going to hear a lot over the course of the next couple of months about how QAnon, dangerous QAnon disinformation is going to cause real violence, real violence. And they will emphasize that they've already started doing it. And they will say, this is why all QAnon theories and all people who are associated with QAnon need to be banned from social media. And you can't talk about anything that might in any way be even tangentially related to Q because it could cause real violence. This is a story of disinformation in Chicago causing actual real violence Hundreds of people across the city violently rioting and looting because of disinformation, yet nobody cares about this kind of disinformation. So please remember that, and you can use it when your friends come up and start screaming about dangerous conspiracy theories. I want to interject. I'm not sure if we have time to go into the whole big story about the L.A. exodus, but speaking of Q, so you know I did this thing with Sam Tripoli at the comedy store on Saturday and they were there. I, I had a few things about it. everybody was just exiting LA like that. That's, is a, heard, you know, yeah. that's why I, when <laughs> I hate to say this, but as you said, like she's in LA two weeks and she's playing the comedy store. And my response is obviously there's been a mass exodus of any kind of talent out of LA, but a uh, comedic talent anyway. But I, I want to talk about, maybe a little bit later in the show, why what I think kind of a bigger picture is around the exodus outside the cities. But one thing that came up is XG, Sam's man, Sue pointed out this thing about the troll doll. Are you familiar with this troll doll thing? Is the craziest troll doll. Ever. I don't think I am. 
All right. So it's a little girl troll doll from the movie Trolls 2 or whatever's out right now. And literally, she has a button between her legs. So you take this little doll, you turn her upside down, you press the button, and it, it she literally has like three or four soft little cooing giggles of different oh styles. My, a troll the, doll? Yeah, a little girl's troll doll. And it does not say anything about that button on the package. Really? So, yes. So, so... So I found. Can I was you trying imagine to if it. you got your kid one of so these? So fucked up, yeah. So fucked up. So I. So when. So after he didn't like tell us the whole story, it was a very kind of staccato experience. So later I looked up to see, and there was a video on it, and I posted the video. I just saw like the first minute of the video was kind of long, so I didn't listen to the whole thing. And then somebody in the Twitter thread said, "Like, why'd she?" Why'd she blame Q? I guess she was saying, well, Q thinks that now that it's been recalled because it seems kind of weird. But of course, yeah, like the Q people think it was on purpose, you know, whatever. And it's like, come on, come on. It's on purpose. <laughs> you know? That's a so simple mistake. Anybody can so, make the mistake yeah, of putting a button between a little doll's why legs. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you put it on? I was going to say put it on the box. Why wouldn't you put it? That's where it was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why wouldn't you put it on the package if you if it was an innocent mistake? It can't have been an innocent mistake. And in this day and age, yeah, they have I the don't... try me buttons usually that you can use. Yeah, they love that stuff. So I just thought it was a, a it was just interesting that they could give cover to this big company by blaming Q for thinking they did something wrong when everyone thinks they did something wrong. They're recalling it for crying out loud. A big welcome to our latest sponsor, an avid member of the Propaganda Report community, True Hemp Science, experts in CBD with a huge variety of premium CBD from different farms and with different cannabinoid profiles all in one place. Go to truehempscience.com slash prop report for your special offer. An obviously insidious, at least seeming insidious thing to do to a child's doll. Oh, just blame it on Q for thinking it's bad. That, see, that's what we're <laughs> going to continue to see. For thinking it was on purpose. For yeah. thinking it was on purpose. So this is the way we need to look at this pattern because we're going to see it. Any type of information that is based in truth that they do not like, that's inconvenient to them, this is how it will be handled. Oh, that's just Q that says that. You don't think that, do you? This There was an article spreading around from the conversation by a medical ethicist or citing a medical ethicist saying what a great, the only solution for us because of all these nasties who won't, take covid precautions is to put a is to give everybody morality pills to encourage compliance and i want to see the exact expression cooperative and pro-social behavior okay so this is because of all of us right because we're they call them morality pills that's yeah in the title it was like morality pills it was in a quotes, morality pill. So, so here's the thing. So I'm sitting there thinking and he, and he gets into this is like a tragedy of the commons and all that kind of stuff triggers an anarcho capitalist because there, there are no organic problems that you need a coercive monopoly state to deal with. And then I read and I, and I just thought as he went on with his argument about the tragedy of the commons, he said, because I was thinking they do studies. He was saying they do studies and people won't won't do for the good. 
And I'm thinking they do studies like that that aren't really accurately reflecting what's happening in the world. That's why I love Mises and his praxeology. He studies what actually happens. He doesn't say economics is rational. He just says behavior is behavior and you can work with that. So I I figured that the studies were I, I wanted to look more into the studies he was talking about how we're irrationally antisocial. And he said people do behave socially when they communicate, have relationships, and can observe the behavior of others as being pro-social, as contributing. This, he said it in the freaking article, like as my mind went to this, his next sentence was, obviously none of this is possible when you're social distancing. (laughs) So social distancing has made us so antisocial, they need to give us a cooperation pill based on the fact that we're antisocial. I mean, this is what's so, it has acronyms about everything, exactly, because the state, the natural state, they distort all of our behaviors and interactions and even our health. And then they put these extremely artificial, often pharmaceutical recommendations, uh, cures. We are just spinning further and further away from what's organic and natural and suited to our nature. And human beings and human society are highly complex. The more you try to address it one little variable at a time, the more you actually have unintended consequences and a, a difficulty to control the chaos. I mean, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good system. And the, and the other thing is when you do th- something systemically to everyone at once like that, a bad outcome is more likely to be catastrophic. These are the kind of things you have to think about. Anyway, I'm sorry. I know that was like a, a lot to say about a little thing, but morality pills and, and you know, fluoride in the water. Prozac is is a fluoride derivative, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know. Maybe we need it. Maybe. People are going to freak there out. There was a I guy. On- I don't mean that, but I just like I, this society is a little freaking stressful right now. Oh, yeah, it's definitely stressing people out. I was trying to push people to a breaking point. They had yeah. this guy on CNN. It was another doctor. He was talking about masks, and they were asking them, asking him about the, the study that we talked about yesterday that found that the gators actually are worse than wearing no mask at all because it breaks up the particles or the droplets. And, then and I'm annoyed because them. you can put it on your around your neck. It's so much easier to deal with. Yeah, and mind you, there's no refunds on those gators, by the way. Everybody who's bought one, <laughs> your money's paid. But this guy was talking about the mask that work, the most effective that we talk about, and they were talking about that N95 mask. And this guy was actually a relatively reasonable person on CNN because when he was asked about it, he was said, basically, it's not reasonable to wear those N95 masks all the time because if you wear them properly, and I've worn them a lot going yeah, to the yeah, doctor with my mom. Hospital, we, yeah. yeah, we have those. They are very, very hard to wear, and they're very uncomfortable, and they make it very hard to breathe, which is probably why they're more effective than the other ones, because trying to block stuff in, you know, from coming in and going out. But this guy admitted, these are hard to wear for a long period of time, because they were trying to get him to say that you need to wear them outside when you're around people. But he was like, yeah. I don't know about that. Do you wear the one with the respirators in it? 
With the holes, like little no. round holes. Okay, here's the thing. So what they do to overcome that is they put these one-way valves in there. So when you breathe the air in, it it is hard to breathe, but that does filter the air. And then when you breathe out, because the really bad thing is to trap the carbon dioxide in there, it will just go out without being filtered. So and you're not covering your mouth when you're coughing or anything. <laughs> yeah. So to wear an N95 mask, I think it's with the respirators, which is the only way you can wear it for a prolonged period, I think, is is actually bad worse for other people. And it concentrates the particulates rather than really dispersing it just into the air, it comes out of two holes that shoot right at you. Yeah. And what it's happens really, if you are a little bit sick showing symptoms you're oh yeah no build it all up in there and of course that's when you're gonna put it on it's outrageous yeah okay and the drive time news blast everything's outrageous right now really is. i know the, i'm sorry the outrage I don't, is normalized don't want to pedal outrage i've always resisted that temptation but i i just it's crazy it's it's madness is what it is it's outrage over things that really probably shouldn't be outraged about while ignoring things that maybe we should seems to be a pattern in mainstream media reporting anyway i'm going to tell you about this letter from the female leaders to the new media about how they need to treat biden's future vp pick they're already telling (laughs) us how we can talk about her and i want to get into what i think is going on with the exodus from the big blue cities all right fantastic you guys can find your drive oh share the show tuesday by the way oh it is share the show tuesday please share share the the show to someone you think really needs a break from that madness or put it on your social media or do both but we really uh, it's uh our community is growing and i think you may be giving somebody a welcome and much needed dose of sanity so please share the show and drop us a review on iTunes. It help us, helps us show up in the search engines a little bit better. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want to access that extra content we post every day that we post to DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic evening.